0: So there's an obvious word that stands out today in the readings, Emmanuel. And of course, we've been singing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, for several weeks now. And the scriptures remind us today that it means God with us. And we've heard it for so many years now, we've become rather accustomed to hearing it. But I think we have to ask God for the grace to let us experience that in a new way. I think it's one of the reasons why the church wants to celebrate Christmas every year. Of course, we want to celebrate God's birthday, the birthday of Jesus. But there's more to it than just simply celebrating it. The church believes that God wants to impart to us special graces each and every year that will enable us to appreciate the great mystery of God becoming man. And I, I use the word mystery because although we understand it to some degree and we can appreciate it to some degree, I don't think we can fully appreciate it. The great mystery of God becoming a man in order to save us. And not only did he become a man, but he became a baby. <laughs> and today, very explicitly, we come to understand that he was conceived by the Holy Spirit in Mary's womb. A womb that he himself prepared ahead of time, which we just celebrated A couple weeks ago, the Immaculate Conception. So God had a plan. This was not just happenstance. But he had a very particular plan of action that included Mary and Joseph. And today we get a little glimpse into the mind and the heart of St. Joseph. And I know that you can interpret it different ways. And I liked the commentary before Mass that said Joseph preferred mercy over justice. He was a just man, a righteous man. But in his dealings with this mystery, he was definitely opting for mercy. And I like to think that he was in awe, in such awe of what was happening that he was checking out. <laughs> like, God, I think you got the wrong guy here. Like, I know that it, would, it, it was just inconceivable for him to think that Mary was unfaithful in some way. And yet, she's obviously pregnant. And isn't it interesting to note that Mary was not saying much? Did you ever think of that? Mary must have just... Kept the whole thing to herself, not really fully understanding it herself. And figured it was beyond her to try to explain to Joseph. So just as the angel had appeared to Mary, she probably figured, all right, you're going to have to appear to Joseph at some point and explain this to him, too. Because he's, he's very much involved in this, just like I am. And so God comes to the rescue, as he always does, and sends an angel to explain to Joseph, in his dream even, that, look, it's all good here. Don't worry. <laughs> and yes, you are still the one. I know you may feel overwhelmed. I mean, you've got to read between the lines. You might be overwhelmed of this reality that you're facing. But do not be afraid. This is all a part of God's plan. And you know what? It's not going to get much easier from here on out, you know, but that's take it one day at a time. So that's great advice for all of us. And in the midst of all of it, God is with us. I like to say that by becoming a baby, God is saying so much without saying a word. That might be hard for our modern day man to appreciate. But without saying a word, God is saying so much. And that's why it's important for all of us to make time for worship, but time for silence and meditation and contemplation of this great mystery so that we can allow the grace of God, the love of God, the glory of God to touch us in a new way. Silence is golden during Advent. That's what I like to say. Silence is golden. And so as we just pause to meditate and to contemplate God becoming a baby. We are we are moved. Our hearts and our minds are are blown away, you might say. And I like to remind people that none of us here got to choose when or where or how we were born. You know, I I had to be born in Wisconsin for crying out loud, you know. How how unfortunate of me, right? Yes, I'm a cheesehead. I'm a cheesehead. And I usually wear green under my vestments on Sunday, but the Packers are playing tomorrow. So you're lucky. (laughs) But think about that. Think about that. God got to choose when and where and how he wanted to be born. And look at how he chose. Again, that says so much. That almighty God, who could have come down as a fully grown man with pomp and circumstance, you know, thunder and earthquakes and fire and angels blaring trumpets. And he could have done all of that. But he didn't want people to follow him out of fear. You get that? Because that would have scared everybody, right? That would have called everyone's attention. Even the Romans could have been intimidated by that. He could have put on a big show like that. But he didn't. He didn't. He could have, and you you have to acknowledge that. Otherwise, you can lose the beauty of Bethlehem. And you don't want to miss the beauty of Bethlehem, the silence, the poverty of it, the simplicity of it. Again, without saying a word, God is saying so much that this is what really matters. And I didn't come like some political messiah to overthrow the Romans. That's not why I'm here. What did the gospel say today? You shall name him Jesus. Why? Because he's going to overthrow the Romans, flexing his divine muscles? No. Why was his name Jesus? Because he would save his people from what? Their sins. He would save his people from their sins. The thing that would keep them separated from his father. He came to destroy that. He came to destroy sin and to conquer death. Whoa. Yeah. That's what he came to do. And we, again, we have to acknowledge that. We've got to take that in. Otherwise, the whole meaning of Christmas just passes us by. And we don't fully appreciate what God did and what he is still doing. Because by becoming a man, and again, by becoming a baby, what's another thing that he's saying? I'm all in. I'm all in. Yesterday's gospel reading was the genealogy of Jesus. Remember that one? so and so became the father of so and so who became the father of, you got all these Zerubbabel and all these funny names Jehoshaphat and who are these people Hezekiah and Obed and who are all these guys you know and then they throw in a few women's names and most of those women are of ill repute or were involved in situations that were less than ideal Tamar Ruth Uh, You know, Solomon's mom, right? The wife of Uriah. (laughs) That's how they reference her. David, right? Slept with her. So Jesus was not excusing himself from this very messy family line. Get that? Jesus was not excusing himself from the messiness of our humanity. But rather, he dove right into it, so much so that he was born in a stable. It doesn't get much messier than that, right? Again, how symbolic is the stable? It stinks, right? I'm sure Joseph tried to clean it up, but come on, give me a break, right? It had to have stunk. But Jesus, again, was not ashamed of that. So what does that mean for you and for me? It means he's not ashamed of our mess. He's not ashamed of my sin. But rather he goes right into it. And he says, let me clean that up for you. Thank you very much. Let me clean that up. Let me redeem you. Let me heal you. Let me save you. And not only that, But let me glorify you by giving you a share of my spirit, the Holy Spirit, so that you can become a son or a daughter of God. I think it was St. Augustine who said, God became a man so that men and women could become children of God. Sons and daughters of God. Amen? So that is what we are. That is who you are. Thanks to what he did for you. Notice you haven't done anything yet, right? This is all God. This is all God doing his thing. So what do we do? We have to receive it in faith. Receive it in faith. And ponder it in your heart, just like Mary did. Just like Mary did. She received these words, these visitations, and then she pondered them in her heart. She had to believe, too. She had to believe, too. In fact, Elizabeth said that. That's why she was blessed, because she believed. Blessed are you who believed that what was promised to you by the Lord would be fulfilled. God has made all of us a lot of promises. God has made you and me a lot of promises. Do we believe them? Well, obviously, we do a little bit, at least because we're all here on a Sunday morning. There's obviously a lot of people who still struggle with believing God's promises because they're not here. Right? We all know what this place looks like on Christmas, right? It tends to be a little more crowded, right? If they only knew, if they only knew, right? And if we only could appreciate more and more what God has done for us. Wow. So let's pray for that. That grace of awe and wonder at all that God has done and, and, and all that God is doing still. He's still at work in your life. He's still at work in the world. He's only looking for a few receptive hearts. And he's got him here. He's got you here. So believe, like St. Joseph, that you too are called. Each and every one of you are called to participate in God's saving work, his redemptive work. And that'll look different for all of you. Just like it looks a little bit different for me. But nobody is excluded from this. So we're all invited, first and foremost, to friendship with God, to intimacy with God. To be contemplatives, in a sense. And then to be charismatic, to be evangelizing, to sharing the good news, to be joyful missionary disciples, as we like to say here in Detroit so that we can unleash the gospel that we have received. So let us entrust ourselves this week in a particular way to Mary and Joseph, to their intercession, and let's walk with them in this last week leading up to Christmas. Let's walk with them in awe and wonder in all that God is doing and has done for us. Emmanuel. Amen.